0: Well, thank you for joining me today on Financially Speaking. My name is Mitch Slater. I'm a senior vice president and financial advisor with UBS Wealth Management in Westfield, New Jersey, where along with my partners, Anne and Crystal, we do our best to bring you advice beyond investing and address our clients' most challenging financial needs. It's my sincere hope that each and every episode of this podcast will educate you on personal finance and real-life business issues of the day. So let's jump right in. Today is one of those shows that if I taped it before we had no choice but to be self-quarantining at home and living a very different 2020 than all of us had expected, my guest and I would be exploring more about entrepreneurship and brand marketing, especially with his fantastic company, Eboost, which we'll get to in a little bit. But it's impossible to not start off immediately kind of ignoring the 800 pound gorilla, which is kind of what we all could turn into without exercise right now, by the way my very special guest today is someone i've wanted to meet and talk to for many years and and really honored to have him join us today for this special edition of financially speaking josh takeman josh welcome to the show
1: thank you mitch i appreciate you having me on
0: oh my pleasure so i'm not going to spend a lot of time reading a bio right now other than point out that sean combs would never have had a brand with p diddy or puffy as i believe you call him without your incredible work as vp of marketing for bad boy entertainment which became a huge enterprise at the cross-section of music, fashion, technology, and social good, and that also included artists like Jay-Z, Eminem, 50 Cent, just, just to name a few. But first of all, Joel, I want to make sure that you and your family are staying safe, doing well, everything going all right during these difficult times.
1: Yes, we are, thankfully.
0: Good. That's the most important thing. So I wanted to start off really talking about some of your recent inspiring LinkedIn posts about ways we could all stay healthy when the world seems like it's fighting to stay healthy around you. And in fact, one I read yesterday even talked about using household items, for example. So maybe talk about some of the posts specifically, maybe uh, the household items one was was real interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it doesn't matter whether it's a time of crisis or day-to-day life. To me, mental you only have so much mental capacity so you have to treat your brain like it's a well-oiled machine, and to me, exercise, some form of calming meditation type of experience, eating as healthy as you can, and of course you could binge, and you know you don't have to have a really strict regime, but you you have to have a nice balance. But to me, that really keeps my machine oiled in a way that I feel like it can be as productive as possible. And every day has its sets of challenges. So if you're not physically and mentally prepared to be able to take on those challenges, and to find a, a an easy, adjustable way to find solutions, it just creates chaos in your mind and in your body. And I just always find health, wellness, fitness has given me the ability to manage those type of challenges the best I can.
0: Yeah, it's 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 so true. More than ever, I've, I've certainly noticed that. And, and having really never worked from home that much, even though my office is close to where I'm at uh, here in New Jersey, I've pretty much gone into an office or spent a lot of time in the city meeting my clients and doing doing my thing with with podcasting and radio over the years and it's it's just it's just a whole different dynamic and especially having four of us in the house right now with two really three adults my kids are grown and working without some form of exercise every day for each of us some meditation whatever else we can get in because we're not a lot you know, we can't even go to the park. So it's it's it, you know, there's just so many limits. It's really, really critical to be able to to find this and and to find something. Because it's real easy to go in that rabbit hole. I mean, i have be honest with you, I've had a few days where I dug deep in that rabbit hole and part of it may be my day job and when the market's a little little crazy, but, uh, and also stressing out about a 93-year-old mom and uh, who's doing well, but you still worry. So I totally understand, I stand that. And you also, I would say, what's the most important message you want to get across about your brand e-boosts that can help all of us work from home and school from home, being warriors out there, not to mention all the real heroes that are out there on the front line.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, we created a brand and a platform, and our whole position is clean fuel for a better you. So when you go to a gas station, you have options about what you put in your car. If you spend a little bit more and you put premium, your car is going to run better than the lower-priced version of a leaded. So that that includes every input that you put in your body from the vitamins, the supplements, the foods, the beverages, the amount of sugar you do or don't eat, the carbs. So we really wanted to create products that really gave you an optimum performance, high grade ingredients, quality vitamins, taste good, highly efficacious to really give you the tools to feel great and do more every day in a healthy and beneficial way. So it's a little bit of a hack because it's, whether it's in a powder or a drink, it's kind of there for you on the go, ready to go. But for me, it's, it's a critical piece of every part of my day. Um, I live by the product. I take it every single day. I hold the highest standards to myself in terms of the products that we create. I feel a little bit like Steve Jobs when you're in the lab creating products and like good is just never good enough. If it's not great, that's the standard that we always try and reach.
0: Hmm, that's so true. And another thing that you mentioned, and, and then we'll get into some other stuff uh, in one of your blogs, which is just kind of the key to everything in life is is stopping negative thoughts. Not so easy right now. I mean, turning off the news certainly helps, but what are your suggestions there?
1: You know, to me, there's always two ways to look at something. You have to be honest with yourself, first of all. So you have to you have to address what the problem is. And if you can't understand what the problem is, then you can't find the solution. But too often people spend all their time continuing to talk about the problem and haven't shifted over to think about what the solution is. Because if you focus on the solution, then your your mind is headed in the right direction. And you know, life is gonna always have a set of road bumps, but focus on how you get around it. Don't continue to talk about it's in front of you. So I've always been half glass full, but also somewhat tethered in being realistic about what the challenge is or issue. But if you just channel your energy straight ahead and say, let's focus on getting over the hump, I just find that to be way more productive.
0: I couldn't agree more. It's critical and and more than ever. And it's actually um, an interesting dinner conversation that we had with our family the other night because you know, you're always trying to find silver linings in situations like this. And, and and there are a number of one, but one that I think just within our own family dynamic is is having those conversations and, and putting things in perspective. Uh, I was talking actually with my mom about this and we're both reading a, a book about Winston Churchill right now, which I could read every book about Churchill because I, I love him and Eric Larson's new book is fantastic. And, you know, back then they had to deal with you know a world war sending their kids off to, probably to die living in in countries that were being bombed just you know and go on and on about how horrible things were and and for most of us yeah it's real tough we got to sit on the couch and watch netflix so you know <laughs> there's a lot of perspective there and and you got to look at that every day and that's something that uh, we, we talk with our kids about, um, and I've been really, really proud of how everybody seems to somehow be lifting each other up a little bit because it actually reminds me back of 2008, 2009, when the financial crisis hit and my partner, Ann and I were working at Smith Barney, which was a part of Citigroup which was looking like it was about to go under. And, you know, people would say, well, Mitch, what position are you taking in the market? And it's, Basically, I'd say the fetal position. I mean, it was just, it was a struggle. It was it was just, you know, really, really don't know how to handle it. But ultimately, we did have to handle it. And we we're responsible for a lot of people. And each day, we would look at each other and, and, and say, you know what, I got it today. I got it today. You just, you just chill. I got it today. And it has to be that way. And I think it has to be that way with, with just about everybody. So let's, let's get back into uh, your career path, which, which I think is really fascinating. I know you grew up in California. Uh, your dad was a doctor and you traveled around. And didn't you grow up in Massachusetts and move to California?
1: Yeah, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts. And then at three, we moved to California. Mm-hmm. Where my dad wanted to set up his practice in California.
0: Right, and then eventually you worked your way to New York City. Got a got a sense of uh, the New York life. Uh, I guess this was uh, what mid nineties, ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. So you know, a, a different city than it is today. A, a, a much different city than I grew up with in the seventies. But but certainly a different city. Um, and your career kind of started with your role, I guess, at Bad Boy Entertainment. And what did your time working in a cross section of music and fashion and technology and social good teach you that led to where you are now?
1: It was really, listen, when you're in that kind of environment, it's much more about hustle and problem solving and making things happen. Because you're out, you're kind of every day is like a battlefield in some way. It's not a traditional corporate job where every day you're kind of checking the same boxes. You're trying to innovate, disrupt, be creative, and pioneer. Especially when you're breaking music artists, like every day they're looking for a new way to get exposure. It's like a brand. And essentially, a music artist is like a brand. And, and there's a connectivity and there's you know, a soul and a purpose to a lot of the music. And so we just had to be really creative in how we would get exposure and get artists to cross over into other music formats. And I kind of always applied the same thing to marketing and branding and business opportunities is you got to understand what the product is and you got to understand who the audience is. And once you know how those two can match those two people, then you got to think 360, all the different ways that you can connect those two audiences. And we live in a world now that you can just do things non-traditional and disruptive and be effective. But the product has to be good and it has to be authentic. So I've always... Use that as kind of my baseline, and kind of use my own personal navigation and and how I discover products or trial products or or come to experiences and bake that into the way I approach it
0: and it's so true what you said about being authentic and just no, only because you brought up music, two specific examples that meant a lot to to me. what one, one is because John Resnick happens to be my neighbor uh the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls and and he went out in his porch one day and just started playing a couple of songs for the neighborhood we all stand you know stood further you know stood back and and actually Kelly and Ryan uh, wound up doing it live on ABC but it was just you know just felt like you had to do something and 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 anyone who listens to my show knows I don't go a show without talking about Bruce Springsteen, throwing a quote in from Bruce Springsteen. And right before we went on the air, Bruce was on E Street Radio. He's been putting together some playlists and thank God he went a little bit more optimistic today. His first one uh, had me on suicide watch, but today's playlist was really, really terrific. And, and just just using his talent and his artistry and in just a different way to help people and, and people really, you know, fans of Bruce, whether they're fans of Eddie Vedder, who was great last week. uh, These things go a long way. So I think it's safe to to say that you've had tremendous success by thinking outside of the box and recognizing gaps in existing industries to create amazing new opportunities, whether working with artists on unique partnerships or recognizing the gap in this $25 billion nutrition and supplemental category to create your company eBoost. And even more recently in your launch of one of EBoost's newest offerings, Superfuel. So how do you find those gaps? Is there a process to that?
1: Honestly, it's instincts and ignorance. You got to be a little bit blindly ignorant, and then you also have an instinct. And so for me, it was just my instinct was like, God, there's just nothing in the market that appeals to me that I would take every single day that I felt comfortable putting in my body. And at the time when we started this, it was really, you know, there was kind of ABC vitamins. Then there was the sports nutrition products, but it had not evolved into a lot of lifestyle products at the time. And I felt that was the bridge between the two. Like, we want the benefits of the performance of what you're getting in sports nutrition. But unfortunately, at the time, a lot of those were loaded with artificial ingredients and stimulants and not really things that you trusted. And then you kind of had your ABC vitamins. So I said, what if there was a hybrid product, something that gave you optimal performance benefits, but really gave you essential vitamins and minerals that drove specific functionality. So for me, it was always about, I want healthy lift of energy. I want focus. I want a higher level of mental acuity or alertness. And then I want the essential vitamins and minerals in my body to keep my body functioning at the highest level. Because living in New York and living a fast-paced life, you don't always have the ability to, especially in New York, is you leave your house in the morning, you don't get back till late at night. So it's not like you're having three square meals. You're eating on the go. So I was missing a lot of the nutrition in my foods because I wasn't eating a consistent, healthy-based meal three times a day. So in supplementing that with the product really helped me.
0: Hmm. So true. So true. So how do you recognize them and, and, and how do you know they'll pay off?
1: You don't. I mean, you just use your, you, you use your instinct. I, I use myself as a case study and, and, and John, uh, my partner who I founded it with, and we're just like, God, well, there's a void, right? If, if We can't find anything. and We find some products that serve some of the benefits, but not a product that serves all the benefits. We're like, this has to be a need. Because like, if it's a need for us, there's more people like us.
0: Yeah, and some, some of those people really made a difference when you look out there and you see folks like Oprah, Hugh Jackman, Madonna, Michael Strahan, Victoria Beckham, of course, Diddy. I mean, there's a lot of folks out there that are really catching on to this. This this just kind of happened organically?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we're fortunate that we had you know ways of getting the product into a lot of interesting people's hands, whether through us directly or through friends. And so it kind of all organically happened. But we've always been a very kind of New York, LA type brand. So we've always kind of been in those inner circles because where our distribution channels were very limited. Right? We started in W Hotels, Equinox gyms, Virgin America, Whole Foods. So you're you're kind of targeting a specific set of consumers in those channels.
0: Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Entrepreneur is a big word, all right. Used thrown around a lot, but it, it it's certainly a tricky balance between entrepreneur and business leader, particularly as a company starts to gain traction and really starts to grow and you're having you know, this kind of explosive growth. So you may have a bigger payroll, larger investors to keep happy and more. How do you walk that fine line and, and, and still stay true to the brand, to the baby that you created?
1: It's a difficult path. Fortunately for us, We never took money from venture capital or private equity. It's all been friends and family and family office. So we've had really patient, supportive investors. So it's allowed us to take a different path than those that have really tried to build a big company, scale it quickly, and take institutional money. Because with that comes a lot of pressure and expectations and tight timelines and growth expectations. So we've been fortunate in that sense. So that's allowed us to kind of organically take the path that we've taken. with their patients. So I think that, that dictates a lot of what your day to day and what your, you know, six and 12 months need to look like is, you know, how you, how your business is funded and the relationship that you have with the people that have helped fund it.
0: Yeah. And in many of the entrepreneurs that I talk to, and certainly in all of the reading uh, that I do with, you know, whether it's books by Tim Ferriss or, or, or Gary Vaynerchuk, nobody gets there without failure. So I know the answer to the question already, so I'll just say it. I, I know you had a struggle with seven eleven, for example, when you first started out. What what did you learn from that
1: process? I learned that I should have trusted my instinct. I knew that we created a product. It was you know, we, we have multiple products in our in our portfolio, but you know, out of nowhere came this energy shot called five hour energy, which was literally like poison in a bottle. Tasted horrible, ingredient profile, artificial everything with a healthy dose of you know, androgynous caffeine. So it was an easy caffeine fix on the go. These guys quickly built and created a category, and it's a billion dollar category that they created, and they were the dominant player. So in pragmatic thinking, you're like, God, what if I made something that was actually natural, clean, had real vitamins and minerals and natural energy through green tea? It tasted better, gave you better performance, looked better, You would think that you could capture a certain percentage of the market, and we just kept trying and trying and trying. It just never really got traction. It always did okay. And then we had—I was ready to kill it—and then 7-Eleven said we want it, and I'm like, I just don't. My indicators are telling me that, like, if I can't make it work in Whole Foods in a a scalable way, like it did fine there. And then I had it up and down the street, and you know, the delis in New York, and it did just fine. Always sitting next to Five Hour, they would outsell us, you know, twenty to one. I'm like, what makes me think if it goes into 7 Eleven, all of a sudden it's going to be a different performance metrics? But, you know, you you look at the big picture and the potential volume, and my team's like, we got to take a swing. We got to take a swing. But in my heart, I knew it wasn't going to perform well. And once we got it in, it didn't do well. The logistics were horrible with the distributor that you're forced to use because they got to service all those stores. It's owner operator and franchisee. So there's not a real fluid. Ordering system. When they say you're going to go in this number of stores, you actually only get a smaller percentage because of the franchisees. So it unfortunately went the way I thought it was going to let go, and uh, was a huge quagmire and ended up costing a lot of money. And the lesson is that you really have to lean into your instincts. If there's something inside telling you you shouldn't do it, you really got to spend more time examining that and challenge that, and, and, and really make sure that you're convinced otherwise. And I was never convinced otherwise, but I kind of went with the flow on that one.
0: It's one of the greatest lessons that that, that took me a long time to learn in business. After my brief career in broadcasting and got into this business in the late 80s, uh, I was fortunate to work with my dad, and one of the things that he would constantly talked to me about was, you know, trust your instinct, really trust your instinct. And actually, I was on the board of education in our town for eight years. And the best advice I had was vote your conscience, you know, I mean, really do what's what you think about. And, and I'll first to admit, I failed at that for a while. And then I learned the more I spent in this particular job and in this position and, and whether it was serving on the board or, 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 doing this for a living, the more I trusted my instinct, the more successful I was. And you know, I just, just overall a healthier person. So it's really, really true. Sometimes it's just, you gotta, you gotta learn, learn the hard way. So being an entrepreneur taking the kinds of chances you have is obviously it's a gamble It involves a certain amount, not just of risk, but of fear and that's a big word right now. A lot of people are facing some pretty big fears right now. Later this afternoon, I'm speaking with Dana Telsley. Uh, Dana has been one of the largest retail analysts on the street for the last 25 years. Has her own company. She's quite a, kind of the queen of retail. And obviously, it's uh <laughs> more more than a challenging time for retail. So, th- there's a lot of fears that are out there and things can get, you know, pretty uncertain and out of control. So, what would your advice be there? How do you keep things in perspective when you're feeling this way? Because people right now with 22 million people unemployed and, and God knows what's going to happen in so many industries and, you know, sitting there with my son watching the NFL draft last night was just surreal. I mean, more than anything. So, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts?
1: Of course, your mind controls a lot of things, right? And if you focus on the fear and the overwhelming aspect of it, it can just throw you down that rabbit hole and you don't know how to get out. And it's challenging and and, and it's definitely not easy. I always find that if you can just focus on one positive thing and just attack one thing and, and put your energy towards that and accomplish that, that will lead to the next thing. So then you'll distract yourself from worrying about the fear and just saying, what's the one task at hand that I can accomplish that day? And I always find that's easier if you just chop it up into small little segments and attack that one thing that you know is going to get you one step further down the road and where you need to be, or at least in the right direction. And I have too many people that I know in my life that they just spend all their time looking at the weeds in the backyard and it's like, God, it's a mile of weeds. I'm like, well, then just take the first 10 feet and just pick them. Then pick the next 10 feet and then the next 10 feet. And then by the end of the day, you're like, God, I just finished a quarter of the weeds and the yard's starting to look better. I'm a big fan of this guy, David Goggins. And he's just, this guy is just insane. I mean, what he's able to accomplish physically. And they're like, David, how do you do it? And he's like, you just take one more step. And if you just take one more step, eventually you're going to get to the finish line. It's not how long it takes you to get there, but stop taking. If you stop taking a step, then you're not going in forward motion. And life is always about one step forward.
0: It's the journey.
1: Not being paralyzed. I keep looking around and afraid to take that step, but you got to figure out how to move a foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's so true, and uh, <laughs> it's a silly little thing. But not remember the name of the book right now that I read a few years ago. But one of the great points this woman had in in, in her book, and 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 on just mentioned it on her podcast right now, is just do something every morning, just something that just starts your day that makes you feel like boom, I got an accomplishment, and this. You know, probably would have been the last thing in the world I would have predicted. It's just so silly. But, I mean, I'm, I make, make our bed. I mean, some mornings the dog's still in the bed when I'm making it. But even throughout this crisis and everything, no matter what I'm doing, I make that bed. And as my wife would prefer, I do more dishes, but I, I make the bed. And it's, it's, that, it's, it's that one little accomplishment that takes me over the line that gets my day started. And, and I think that, that really you know, fits in with, with what you were talking about. So, so let's talk eBoost for a minute. So you're, you're now, I think, in over 4,000 locations. Your, your Superfuel was named the best new product of 2019 by BevNet. And I know you have some new product launches. Let's talk a little bit about what's, what's coming. I've seen some really new, exciting products on your website.
1: So, really, Superfuel, that's our new Hero product. We're really fortunate. We created a partnership with Arizona Beverages, so we're able to lean in with their platform and all their resources. And, you know, they're the largest independent beverage company in the country. So, we were able to create kind of a premium product on top of their platform, and they've been an amazing partner. We created a product that tastes great. It's disrupting the $12 billion energy category because it's much more than just energy. It has all these functional benefits. Low um, no sugar, low calories, tons of vitamins and minerals, 10 vitamins and minerals at 100% RDA. The fact that we won BevNet Best New Beverage of the Year is like winning an Oscar in our category. And we hadn't even been in market for the full year. It's off to a really great start. You know, every channel that we presented to, we're winning on taste and, and how people feel after they take it. So it's been really exciting. So that's where we're really putting all of our time and energy. And getting that out there in a very focused manner. So, you know, we lit up New York, we lit up Florida, we go live in Southern California, which is the largest energy market in the country. Next week, we're getting key retailers. This has obviously put a little bit of a um, challenge in some of the channels that we are opening. It's just, it's just pushing it back further. But we're trying to be really focused, and it's really exciting to see, you know, I've been slugging it out. Like, this is not an easy business. The outside of the world, it might seem like you're really successful, but every business has a set of challenges. But this is really like 10 years of building the brand has really put us in a position to get super fuel to where it is and the velocity that it's going.
0: Yeah, no, and, and, and that's, that is certainly one trait that, that you, you hear from entrepreneur after entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, and then you look at the success of Red Bull and Monster and Rockstar just got bought by Pepsi for $3, eight billion billion. But when you do a side-by-side comparison, like if you really like took the labels off all the products and you just broke down it by ingredient and the impact of the things that have on your body, like no one would drink those three things on the left side. If you really understood what went into those, you just wouldn't, you're like, you wouldn't know you wouldn't willingly want to put that inside your body.
0: No, that's so true. That's so true. And and that's, you know, by getting, being able to get the word out there and, and certainly winning, winning that award, which like you said, is really the, the Oscar in your, in your industry is a big, big deal. and, I know once we get through whatever we're getting through here at some point, whether it's 20 later this year or next year, you'll have the ability to to really take Southern California by storm because this is, this. I couldn't think of a, a more ripe market. I've lived there. I've spent a lot of time there. So I, I, I certainly, certainly agree with it. One thing I like to ask every guest at the end of the show is if I said to you today that you know, I'm buying you a billboard. It's going to be huge. It could be digital. It could be any billboard anywhere in America. But it's going to have a message. And you get to choose what that message is to put on the billboard. What do you think it would be?
1: Me? Stay positive. To me, everything about it lies you got to have a positive attitude and always look at. You have to be realistic about all aspects. But at the end of the day, you still have to have a positive attitude. That's what's going to continue to carry you forward.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And that's the key to everything. You know, I mean, I think James Taylor wrote The Secret of Life is Enjoying the Passage of Time. But I kind of think it's staying positive. If if he had to rewrite the song, he might think that. I got to ask you one other thing. I see your son's name is Cassius. Are you a big Muhammad Ali fan?
1: Huge Muhammad Ali fan. Huge.
0: I didn't think it was Julius Caesar, so I was going to just go right with the Ali. And the reason I asked that question is that you and my son have something in common. As I was doing my research, uh, I noticed that uh, either you've done this already or you were involved in the Haymakers for Hope program. And my son, I'm very proud to say, last September, we watched him fight in D.C. when he was living in D.C. He's always loved boxing. He boxed at Penn State, just, you know, and he... He heard about this program and it was one of, the, one of our proudest nights as, as, as a parent was watching him get out there. He raised, I don't know, 60, 70, 000, a tremendous amount of money. He was working for Deloitte at the time and had a lot of support from a number of clients as well as every connection in the world that I've ever met and all of his friends out there. But what was that experience like for you? Have, have you had your fight?
1: Same. It was the most amazing. I mean, I still have two torn rotator cuffs from it, so I'm still recovering.
0: Yeah, he's, his wrist will never be the same, so he's had tendons and surgery. And stuff. I want to
1: do it again. I mean, I feel like you think, you're like, damn, I didn't do all the things I wanted to do. The Six minutes goes by so fast. Two minutes goes by like 10 seconds, but feels like you ran a marathon. It's surreal to be in a ring with 2,500 people. You get a new set of gloves that you've never worn before that are brand new, so it doesn't feel like anything that you've trained with for the last three months. I had a broken rib. I had two torn rotator cuffs when I went into the ring, but all that goes away mentally because when you're in the ring, you don't even think about it. So it was an amazing personal challenge and discipline to get there, but it just it made me a better person, and I, I can't wait to do it again in some format.
0: Well, that's exactly how he fails. And and I, yeah, when I saw, I I watched your video because it reminded me of the video that uh, they made for him, which is, uh, (laughs) I share, I remember sharing that on LinkedIn, I guess last summer, and that might have gotten more clicks and posts than anything that I've done, including interviews with some major celebrities and all kinds of things. And and people people just love that. And I know how much hard work and training uh, he spent. And he was studying for a CFA at the time, too. So I, I don't know how he did it. But somewhere in the gene pool in my family, there's, there's a discipline gene. Kind of skipped over me. But he's pretty amazing. So when I started bringing in uh, your product here uh, he really was like, boy, I would have loved this when, when I was training. You know, Everybody's really enjoying the super fuel, or as you call it, you're kicking a can. Love that, love that slogan. Personally, I have to say strawberry lemonade's been my favorite, but that ginger lime works too. <laughs> and we're, of course, going to link to everything up on the show and on the page and LinkedIn. Any other specific ways listeners want to get their hands on it? So typically, you will find this at Whole Foods?
1: It will be soon. We have to put it in a 12-pack, but... Right, you know the best way to get it is either eBoost.com or Amazon, you know, that will ship anywhere in the country and you'll soon start seeing it uh, at retailers all across the country.
0: That's exciting. That's exciting. Well, I really looking forward to it and we'll have to have you back on when we can actually be within a foot of each other and maybe we'll just hit elbows on I guess shaking hands might be a, a thing that years from now people will talk about, Oh God, remember, remember when people used to shake hands? God, they were so stupid. I don't know. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> so Josh Takeman, hey. thank, yeah, thank you so much. The, uh, you know, truly the industry leader of clean fuel for a better you with EBoost and stay safe. I know you will be staying healthy, and and certainly best to you and your family. That's our show this week. Thanks again for listening. Remember to subscribe and share everywhere. And, of course, to thank everybody at Resonate Recording, because you're getting these shows out pretty quickly down there in Louisville, Kentucky. And remember, when saving for your future, pay yourself first. Have a great week.